He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. The basis for our sermon this morning is from our gospel lesson from John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is God's word. The idea of peace is an elusive one, isn't it? Where do you try to find peace? Do you think that if I just get everything just right in my life, then I'll have some peace? Or maybe if I just get a little bit more money in my bank account, or a little bit more in my retirement savings account, then then I can finally have some peace. Or if I can just get over these hurdles with my health, and just get to a healthier place with my body, then, then I'll have a little bit of peace. Or maybe you think of a relationship in your life that has just been riddled with strife and discord, and you think, man, if I could just get that relationship fixed, then I could have some peace. Or maybe it's a sin that you struggle with, right? one that continues to plague you over and over and over, that just leaves with it a wake of guilt and regret. And you think, if I could just overcome that sin in my life, then I could have some peace. Or if I could just get my life right, if I could, if I could just be a more kind and, and generous and considerate person, if I could just get my life better, then I could have some peace. Friends, peace is elusive, isn't it? We look to try to find peace by getting things just right in our lives, but it, it always just seems right out of our grasp. Where do you look for peace in your life. The disciples were looking for some peace behind locked doors. They're in hiding. Their hearts are troubled. They're, they're looking for just a little bit of peace for their hearts that night. And what a day it's already been for them, right? And there are reports that their friend and their brother and their savior is alive. 
this friend and brother and savior who they saw die that past Friday. They saw with their own eyes his his lifeless body being taken off of that cross and being placed into a tomb. But now on this Sunday, they've heard reports. They've heard about two of their own, Peter and John, going to that tomb early Sunday morning and, and, and finding the tomb empty with grave clothes folded up. They heard Mary Magdalene say that she saw Jesus and talked to him face to face. Two of them saw Jesus on the road to Emmaus a little earlier in the afternoon. And, 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 and it also says that Peter himself saw Jesus. There's got to be a little bit of an excitement. You think they'd be filled with peace and joy over the reports about Jesus, their friend and brother and Savior, being alive? But where are they on this Easter Sunday evening? Behind locked doors. Afraid. Looking for some peace. When their hearts should be filled with nothing but peace and joy. And why are they so afraid on this Easter Sunday evening? It says for fear of the Jews. Because the Jews have probably found out by now that Jesus' body has gone missing. It's not in that tomb where it was placed and that stone was rolled in front and the seal put there too. And, and it's gone. And, and the disciples know who's going to be blamed for it. That they're going to be accused of taking that body of Jesus and then spreading around the lie that Jesus is risen from the dead. And they've seen what these Jews can do. They saw what they did to Jesus on Friday. They saw the way they treated him. And rightly assumed that that's what's going to happen to them too. It's here in this room with locked doors that the disciples' hearts are troubled. They're afraid. Looking for peace. That sound familiar? Do you know what that feels like? Easter Sunday is just seven days past. Uh, And it certainly was a different one, wasn't it? Uh, It wasn't gathered here in this building, was it? Like we would have liked it to have been. This this building wasn't filled with the wonderful, warm Easter greetings of He is risen, He is risen indeed, Alleluia. This building wasn't filled with the the wonderful smell of fresh spring flowers. It wasn't filled with voices, hundreds of voices, belting out, I know that my Redeemer lives, what comfort this sweet sentence gives. None of those things happened here. But they happened in your homes, didn't they? I'm guessing that you still had Easter peace and Easter joy last Sunday, even though we weren't gathered together here. I'm guessing that you sent those messages of he is risen to one another by a text message or maybe a phone call or maybe a Facebook post. And you got responses back, he is risen indeed, hallelujah. And maybe you sat in front of your television like we did in my home and, and belted out as a family or maybe as a, just a husband and wife or, or just alone. You belted out those words of I know that my Redeemer lives, what comfort this sweet sentence gives. Right? Last Sunday, I'm, I know that you felt that Easter peace and that Easter joy. But what's happened since then? I mean, it's only seven days ago, but where is that Easter peace gone? 
that real life set in come Monday morning when it was back to life as usual. I mean, what is it that's stripped that Easter piece away from you, right? I mean, it's true that Jesus still lives. He's still alive. That tomb is still empty seven days later. It's still the truth that your Redeemer lives, but, but why isn't that sentence giving you that comfort it did last week? What has robbed you of your peace? Is it that bank account that just seems to be dwindling so quickly in these times that we're living in? Or maybe it's back to the treatments and the woes with your health. Or maybe it's back to the sin or those sins that just continue to plague you over and over and over that strip you of your peace. Whatever it is in your life that's stripping you of that peace that you felt on Easter, Jesus wants you to have that. Jesus wants you to have it back again and hold on to it. And he wanted the same for his disciples that Easter Sunday evening. And so he appears behind those locked doors to them. Right in their midst, right in their fears, right in their concerns, right in, their he- right in the middle of their, their feelings of having heavy hearts. And he comes to them and he says, peace be with you. Look at my hands. Look at my side. It's me. I am risen. I am alive. Just as you've heard. Here I am. And the disciples were overjoyed. And friends, our our response has to be the same too, right? When Jesus comes to us behind our figurative locked doors, whatever it is that is keeping us from true Easter peace and Easter joy, and Jesus comes right in the midst of our fears and our worries and our uncertainties and our troubled hearts, and he says to you, peace be with you. And this peace that Jesus brings you, this this peace that the risen Jesus comes and stands right in the midst of your fears and your troubles and your worries, it's a peace that the world cannot give you. This is a peace that surpasses all understanding. This is a peace that is real. A peace that is not fleeting. Not for just a, a little while. This is a peace that's eternal. A peace that that you have right now and that lasts forever. This is a peace that's divine. A peace that's from God himself. It's a peace that only this one who stands in the midst of your unknowns and uncertainties and fears along with you, the only one that can give you a peace like this, the only one who can say to you, All of your sins really are forgiven. He's the only one who can say to you, your heavenly father no longer is angry with you over your sins. You have peace with him. You are loved by him. You are cared for by him. This is the only one, your friend, your brother, your savior, your crucified and risen savior who can come to you and say, Peace be with you. My peace I give you. Look at my hands. 
Look at the nail marks. Nails pierced into my hands for you. Look at my side. Pierced with a sword for you. And like those disciples, we can't help but be overjoyed, can we? But maybe you doubt. Maybe you look at the state of our world today. You look at the state of your life. You look at the state of your relationships. You you look at the state of your bank account. You look at the state of your past or your present. And you think, how could that be? How can I have peace in the midst of all of these fears and these uncertainties? And there are doubts there. And know that you're not the first one to doubt. In fact, there's a man who doubted and got his nickname after it. Uh, poor Thomas, right? I mean, he's the only disciple not there with the disciples that evening. Uh, the only one who didn't get to see the risen Jesus in that room and hear those words, peace be with you, right from Jesus' lips. I, and, and Thomas says, I, unless I see those nail marks, unless I get to feel them with my own hands, right? Unless I get to put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Thomas doubts because he didn't get to see Jesus with his own eyes. He didn't get to hear those words off Jesus' lips, peace be with you. And you got to feel a little sorry for Thomas, don't you? Because from then on, from that very moment, it's not the scriptures that call him this, but, but Christians ever since have called him and dubbed him Doubting Thomas. Right? And you got to feel a little bad for him, right? I mean, would you like to be known by your sins? <laughs> would you like to get your nickname from mistakes you made? I, I think about that. We don't do that with anybody else in the Bible, do we? We don't call Peter denying Peter. We don't call Paul persecutor Paul. We don't call Moses, you know, angry rock striker Moses. We don't call David adulterous David, right? you got to feel a little sorry for Thomas here, but the fact is, he did doubt. He said, I will not believe unless I get to see those nail marks and feel them. Unless I get to not only see his side, but put my hand in his side. I won't believe it. Thomas doubts because he did not get to see. And maybe that's where you're at too that you look at the state of things and you wonder, how can I believe? How can I believe that this is true? And those doubts begin to flood over you. Do you know why Thomas wasn't there that night? The Bible doesn't tell us, but, but I can make a pretty good guess and so can you. The reason Thomas isn't there and the reason that Thomas doubts It's for you. Because you too doubt. You too look at the state of your world and your life and your relationships and your bank account and your heart and you doubt. You wonder, right, if Jesus is really alive, why would he let all this happen to me? If Jesus really is alive, right, why isn't he making things work out better for me? If Jesus really is alive, why would he allow all these bad things to happen in our world? 
Right? This is recorded here for us. Because so often we too live like Jesus is still laying in that tomb. Like he's really not alive. Like his lifeless body is still in that grave. And just as he comes to Thomas, specifically to Thomas that next Sunday evening, so he comes to you. He comes to you and he says again, peace be with you. Right? And he invites Thomas, say, Thomas, look, look, feel. Right? Look at these nail marks. Look at this side from which flowed blood and water, which showed that I was really dead, but now I am alive, Thomas. Believe. And the way Jesus says it to him here, he says, he says stop doubting and believe. Right? The sense here is not um, really you know, putting him down. Other places in the Gospels, Jesus has called his disciples of little faith, oh, you of little faith. He's told them it told them that a number of times. But really the sense in the original language here is have faith. Take up faith. Stop not having faith. Believe. And it's the same call to you, dear friends. Jesus continues to come. He continues to come into the midst of not only your fears and your uncertainties, but also into your doubts. And he speaks his word of peace. He comes and says, look again. Look again at my hands. Look again at my side. I am really alive. In spite of what you see around you, in spite of the state of your life and your relationships and your bank account and, and all of these other things that you see around you, I am real. I am alive. And so you can have real peace. And then Thomas hears these words from Jesus. He says, you believe because you've seen me. But Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And you know who Jesus is talking about there? He's talking about you. You don't get to see Jesus with your physical eyes like Thomas and the other disciples do. Right? Thomas saw and he cried out, my Lord and my God. Right? He finally believed. Right? Jesus comes and, and replaces all of his doubts with faith. He comes in and replaces all of his, his fears with peace. And the risen Jesus still does that for you today. Even though you don't get to see him with your physical eyes, he comes to us through his word. He comes through his gospel in that word of God and through the sacrament. And he comes over and over and over to assure you in your doubts that you can have peace, that he really is risen, that every promise God made is fulfilled because Jesus is alive. Right? As many times as you need, Jesus comes with his word of peace in that word and sacrament to assure you, to take you back again, to see all that he has done for you, to take you back to that cross on Good Friday and to see every one of your sins really paid for, to go back to that tomb on Easter Sunday and see that it really is empty, which means that you are filled with peace and hope and joy and all these other blessings. Jesus here says, blessed are you, because you don't get to see him with your physical eyes, but with your spiritual eyes of faith, you do see him. And you believe. And our lesson closes out uh, with, with this really summary of all of God's, uh, John's gospel. 
on why these scriptures are written down, that Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that aren't recorded in this book. But these words that are written here, they are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. Friends, that's why these scriptures are so precious to us. That's why they are so important for every day of our life, because it's here that we hear God say over and over, peace be with you. It's here in these Gospels that we see Jesus is that chosen one, that Messiah, that he really is the Son of God at the same time, that he is that, that, that true man who came to fulfill everything under the law for us and to go to the cross and die for us so that we might have life through him. Friends, it's here in the Scriptures where you see him so clearly. It's here where you find the peace that your heart needs. It's here that he overcomes your doubts with faith. It's here in the gospel that Jesus comes to you over and over and says, friends, peace be with you. Jesus wants you to be absolutely convinced that his work for you is accomplished. Jesus wants you to be absolutely convinced that heaven is yours. Jesus wants you to be absolutely convinced that you have peace with God right now. There is nothing that separates you from him because all your sins have been taken away. You are holy in his sight right now. You have perfect peace with your heavenly father. Right? And you've been given this peace so that you can speak these words of peace to one another. This is the third time in this lesson that Jesus says the words, peace be with you. He says to his disciples on that first Sunday evening, he says, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Dear friends, when you know this peace that we have through the risen Christ, when you know that this peace that is, is real and it's, it's eternal and it's divine and it's yours, you can't help but want to share that peace. To speak these words of peace with each other. There are two things here that that Jesus gave his disciples to go and to to share with the world. Number one, sin. To point out sin, right? In love, to, to reveal sin. But all for the purpose to point them to the Savior. So they could speak the words of peace, to speak the words of forgiveness. That's the second message they were given. Not only you have sinned, but God has forgiven your sin to speak words of peace to those who are burdened with guilt and shame and regret. Right? And who better than you? Who better than you who have been released from this and know the peace of Christ? Who better than the one who has been, who has been riddled with shame? Who has worried and been afraid about the status of, of things in your life or in our world or about your bank account, right? But you have come to know this peace that surpasses all understanding and you get to share that peace of Christ with everyone and you don't have to go out into the world. You can start right in your own home with your family to forgive each other's sins with your church family, with your Christian friends, You've received the Holy Spirit. You've received that gift of peace from Christ. And now you get to forgive each other's sins. You get to offer that peace to one another, that that peace 
that makes us right with God and his forever. Dear friends, this is where we get to see all that God has done for us through Jesus. That you get to come over and over and over to hear again these words of Jesus, peace be with you. Right? This peace is not elusive. This is peace isn't something just out of your grasp that you can't get. It's already yours through Christ. No matter what's going on in your life. If everything is absolutely falling apart because you've made an absolute disaster out of your life, Jesus says, peace be with you. Right? If your bank account is running low and that stimulus check is not coming, Jesus says, peace be with you. If you are continued to, to be plagued by these sins that you are just struggling with in your life, Jesus comes to you and he says, peace be with you. If every day you can feel your health deteriorating and your body breaking down, these words of Jesus are for you, peace be with you. It doesn't matter if everyone has let you down in your life and, and left you alone to fend for yourself. Jesus still comes to you right in the midst of your worries and your fears and says, Brother, sister, peace be with you. It doesn't matter your past or your present. These words of Jesus are for you. Peace be with you. Jesus' peace is your peace. A peace that is real. A peace that is eternal. A peace that is divine. And how do you know? How can you be sure? Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.